Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, a multi live streaming show created by Remarkable, a speakers bureau. And I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, why did we begin this show? We began this show for you so that we could showcase the remarkable talent that we represent and book here at Remarkable. And so that we could have a conversation with our talent so that you could get to know them personally as we do. You can see their value as a speaker or performer, and you never know. We never know. You might be looking for someone today, or you know someone who's looking for a special speaker or performer that you saw today. We never know that. You will also see how remarkable they are and you'll learn how they can help you be remarkable too. Now, thanks for joining us today. We hope you will join in the conversation. The chat line is open. Feel free to ask us any questions. We love to engage with you and give us a shout out so that we know you're there. And we just thank you so much for joining us today because this is going to be a fabulous time. Now, today we have as our featured guest, Will Bowen. Now, he is a humorous, international, motivational speaker and number one international best-selling author of A Complaint-Free World. Now, he's founder of the Complaint-Free Movement and with 15 million people following him, me included, and he's the world authority on complaining. Now, we're going to find out right now. Is it possible to decrease and quit complaining? Welcome, Will. We certainly appreciate you joining us today. Hi, Sue. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so delighted. We're so delighted. And where are you coming to us from today? Oh, I'm in my home studio in Key, in Key Largo, Florida. Yeah, we want to make Key Largo. Yes, one of my spots that uh, I, I dearly love to, to be at. And we just thank you again. And we're just going to get started because this 30 minutes goes by fast. And okay. so, Will, where did you grow up and who was the most and the greatest influence in your life? I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and the greatest influence in my life by far was Earl Nightingale, who many people consider the dean of the School of Motivation. And he was the one who, of course, he was the person who created the first spoken record, spoken word record to achieve a gold album. And that was uh, The Strangest Secret, which ultimately was redone by Pip Ronda Byrne, basically, as The Secret. And I actually have an autograph letter to me from him that he sent me about six months before he passed. So Earl Nightingale, by far. Wow. I remember him. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. He was on all of our channels. You know, so... That's great. That's great because he was awesome. And I still read his, some of his material. We all do. We, it still has had that legacy, has had that legacy. 
Now, we were growing up in South Carolina. Did you really plan to have a career as a speaker and an award-winning author? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I did, actually. I became so engrossed with Earl Nightingale, I launched out into Les Brown, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, uh, Norman Vincent Peale, Robert Schuller, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just became enamored with the fact that people can make a living by inspiring other people to live better lives. And in my 20s, I actually put up a, a cork board in front of my desk, which had a picture of me in the middle and Earl Nightingale and a lot of these people that I have just, Daniel Kennedy, et cetera, et cetera, all around there. And I set that as my aspiration, but I had no idea that I would ultimately end up speaking on complaining. It uh, That just sort of fell into my lap, but it has certainly been something that has been very good to me professionally for the last 17 years. Exactly, exactly. And when we first met and got involved, you sent me one of your cups and I use it every day. Great. <laughs> I just want to let you know that it's great. Cool. But it has a quote on it that really, really helped me focus. And the quote says, no one ever complained their way to health, happiness, and success. And I said that just that just inspired me so that when those times come, I guess like okay, no. Mm -mm. So cool. thank you Glad for that. Thank you for giving us that that message that we can we can have that. We can we can share that. Now, let's talk about your expertise that you've developed in the last 17 to 20 years. Um people ask me all the time, am I complaining really? What really is the complaint? Some people think a lot of different ways about complaining. So what is a complaint? The dictionary defines complaint as to express grief, pain, or discontent. So internal complaints are not by definition complaints. They must be expressed. They must be spoken to someone else. They must be typed, et cetera, et cetera. Complaints always have a, how dare this happen to me? attached to them. How dare you do this to me? And everyone sees themselves as the center of the universe. And a complaint is spoken typically to a person who cannot do anything to resolve the issue. Um, Eckhart Tolle in his book, A New Earth, said it is not complaining to tell the waiter your soup is cold and needs to be heated up if you stick to the facts, which are always neutral. How dare you serve me cold soup? That's complaining. And most complaints have a how dare you do this to me quality. How dare you uh, affront me by making this happen? We tend to conflate complaining with what I call a request for accountability. So, for example, if you and I were doing this interview and you forgot to send me the link, which you did not, of course, 
because I'm here. But if you had, and then I came and spoke to you and said, hey, you neglected to send me the link. That's why I wasn't there. That is not a complaint. That is a request for accountability. A complaint would be if I started calling other people and saying, oh, Sue booked me to be on this thing, and then she didn't send me anything. That's complaining. So complaining is ineffectual, and complaining is done to get our social needs met. That's the main thing we need to remember. Complaining is done to enhance or maintain our level of status in the social community. Well, that makes it very much more clear to me, you know, because then we're saying, okay, <laughs> all right, the, there are some differences here. It's not like, you know, hey, everybody <laughs> that's had a, a thought <laughs> is a complainer, you know, so that thank you for sharing that because that's important to know and to, important to know how to interact with people. Thank you, Ben Gay, for joining us today. We appreciate you being there. And we just love what we're talking about because you kind of touched on it about why we choose to complain. But go a little deeper for us. Why, well, how, how can we make a choice? Why, why do we make the choice to complain? We don't technically make the choice. We are, as uh, Don Miguel Ruiz says in the four uh, agreements, we are domesticated. In other words, we come into the world as a blank slate and the people around us do it. Therefore, we adopt it. What we don't realize is the reasons we do it. Now, this is a main part of my presentation is the five reasons people complain and what to say to turn those complaints into collaborations. People complain. The, the, I didn't come up with the five reasons. I always want to acknowledge that. That was Dr. Robin Kowalski, my friend at Clemson University. But she's allowed me not only to use it, but to put my spin on it because I had trouble remembering her five reasons. I came up with an acronym, GRIPE, G-R-I-P-E. People complain first and foremost just to get attention. It's the easiest, least threatening way to begin a conversation. When you go up and start talking to someone, the G in gripe allows you to just get attention. You can complain about the weather, the sports, politics, whatever, but it's just a conversation starter. It's far less, I don't know, threatening than saying something upbeat or happy because people tend to think there's something wrong with you. However, to me, something is wrong with people who feel like they need to just talk about what is wrong. And that was me. That was totally me. I was a, I was a G griper. I, I simply, I was a middle child. <laughs> my older brother was smarter. My younger brother was better looking and I had to get attention and I complained about everything. So when a person complains just to get attention, what we want to do is to find ways to proactively give that person attention to to ask them what is going well in their lives, to ask them, hey, what are you happy about? What are you grateful for, et cetera? To allow the person to know they can begin to talk with you without having to get attention, to gripe. Uh, 
So that's the G. The R in gripe stands for remove responsibility. And I, I was so blown away when I saw that Robin discovered this in her research. People complain simply to be let off the hook. If I give my business manager, who is also my daughter, a task and she doesn't do it, which would never happen, but if hypothetically that were to happen, she might complain to remove herself from the responsibility of having to attempt the task. She wouldn't complain about me. She wouldn't complain about her. She would complain about everything having to do with the task so that she ultimately would not be held to doing it. This is usually easy to spot because most people will say something like, you know, Will, I would love to do that, but, <laughs> and then they go into the litany of complaints. I, the way I like to look at it is they rationalize. They tell you rational lies until you let them off the hook. When somebody is complaining to remove themselves from responsibility, we want to use a technique that I actually got from the great Tony Robbins, and that is to ask them, if it were possible, how might you do it? If it were possible, how might you do it? You're not even getting into whether it is or is not. You're talking about hypotheticals, and you're also saying very clearly, if it were possible, how might you do it? Not me, you. So, G, get attention. R, remove responsibility. The I stands for inspire envy. Now, that's another way of saying brag. I always joke when I do my speeches. You know why the I is inspire envy? Because brag doesn't begin with an I. And people complain to simply brag, which is another way of inspiring envy. We consider it rude in our society. In fact, every society I've, I've yet, I've been all over the world. I've yet to find a culture where bragging is considered cool. That's rude. So what we do is we, we brag about our good fortune by complaining about it. You might hear somebody say, you know, the worst part about having a all electric Porsche is finding a place to plug it in where there aren't all these cheap cars around you or something like that. The worst part about dating a supermodel is everybody's always hitting on her. That that is that it, we call it a humble brag, but it's a complaining brag. And again, remember, people complain to maintain or increase their social status. So by doing this, they are trying to elevate their social status, but they're doing it through the back door. They're doing it as a way of not doing it. So they brag. We brag. <laughs> now, what we tend to do is when we do this is we complain about somebody else to make ourselves look better. Like, let's say you're going to have a meeting at eight o'clock in the morning and everybody's there and everybody except everybody's there except uh, one person. Her name, let's call her Julie. So somebody else we'll call Tom says, well, I guess we could start the meeting, but Julie's late as usual. So Tom is not trying to let you know that Julie's late. You can see that. What Tom is saying, he's there. He's on time. He's humble bragging by attacking someone else. In that case, you want to do what I call compliment the opposite. 
What we tend to do is say something like, ah, shut up, Tom, or whatever. Instead, what we need to do is to allow Tom to save face, provide him with what he is looking for, and he'll no longer have to seek it out through complaining. And the way to do that is to say, you know, Tom, what I appreciate about you is you're always on time. So you're complimenting the opposite of what he's complaining about. So that's, that is, uh, the I, which is inspire envy. The P in gripe stands for power. Nothing gets people on your side faster than upsetting them. I call this enrage and engage and a complaint is designed to upset someone. Think about it. All politics is based on complaining 100%. If you don't have a complaint, you don't have a campaign. You, you can't run for office saying, hey, I think everything is going great and we need to leave it just the way it is. No, of course not. You have to say something like, everybody up there in Washington is a skunk and we got to get rid of them and I'm the only one that can save us. You've got to have this. They've even found that social media, all social media, is driven by complainings to in complaining rather to enrage and engage. There's a movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and in The Social Dilemma, they interview the people who are responsible for increasing the platforms. Now that means numbers of people times the amount of time they are on the platform. For every single social media platform, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, they brought them in and what they discovered was that individually all of them realize the same thing. If we can bring you in based on something you're interested in, like I like scuba diving, if I'm looking at scuba diving, but they start to sneak little things in those suggested videos that might get you a little bit upset and a little bit upset and a little bit upset and more upset, you'll watch longer, check in more often, and they'll get to sell more ads to your eyeballs. At work, people complain for power typically to try and build alliances. One person will complain about somebody else in their department or something like that as a way of building an alliance. My suggestion then is truth disappears in the light. So what you need to do is bring those people together. So I always recommend if one person's complaining about somebody else for power, you say, it sounds like the two of you have a lot to talk about. Sounds like the two of you have a lot to talk about, meaning not me. And lastly, and thank you, Sue, for allowing me to go on this long diatribe to answer your question, the E in gripe stands for excuse poor performance. The E in gripe stands for excuse poor performance. Now, if you'll remember, take a second, the R in gripe stands for remove responsibility. This is you give somebody a task, they don't want to do it or they don't want to do a good job, so they complain about the circumstances to be let off the hook. All right, that's before they attempt. This is after they've attempted. This is the past tense. They have tried something and they didn't do a good job, but it's not their fault. It's all these things surrounding them. It's this person. It's this situation. It's this, it's that, but it's not them. They're complaining again to be let off the hook. 
and you want to keep them on the hook. Now, what do we tend to do when we're trying to keep somebody on the hook? We'll dissect everything they did or did not do right. And what does that do? It makes the person defensive. They start to defend themselves. So instead of allowing that to happen, what we want to do is we want to address the issues, but we don't want the person to become defensive because they're not going to change. Instead, we say, how do you plan to improve next time? You have now taken them off the hook. You've said, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. How do you plan to improve next time? What you're doing is you're getting them to commit to never doing what they just did before or to prepare for things that might come up. And you're getting them to go on the hook in the future by committing to doing better specifically in the future. So you ask, how do you plan to improve next time. So one more time, the G and gripe is get attention, start a conversation. In other words, the R is remove responsibility. I don't want to do it. So here's why everything's going to get in my way. The I is inspire envy, which is another way of saying bragging, trying to make yourself look better. P is power, trying to get people on your side. And the E is excuse poor performance after you've already done something to try and get the blame off of you. I just appreciate you taking the time to explain this to us. This is great because people want to know. They want to understand. And that helps me help you better, too, to get you out there to, to those audiences that you need to be with. And so thank you for taking that time. That was my, that was my pleasure. I just wanted to throw in that um, one of the misconceptions about people looking to book me is they think I'm going to complain about complaining. And I don't. I don't shame the audience. I'm there to help them understand that I know you deal with complaints and complainers. I want to help you understand how to deal with them. It's not about you. <laughs> but what subtly happens is they always go, ooh, I see that in myself. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, yeah. Now, the big question is, of the day, of the day to day, we now defined it. We see the examples of complaining and what it really does and what it really, and we know we're a complaining world. Okay. How do we stop? How do we decrease it? What is it? Well, What's the, yeah, the, the average person complains 15 to 30 times a day and has no awareness they're doing it. My, joke in my speech is that complaining is like bad breath. You notice it when it comes out of somebody else's mouth, but not when it comes out of your own. And what happened for me was in 2006, I handed out 250 of these purple bracelets, which you can see I've stretched up over my hand to make it easier to see. And I encourage people to put the bracelet on and every time they caught themselves complaining, since most people aren't aware of it, to switch it to the other wrist. Don't snap it. There's a reason you switch it. You switch it to the other wrist because your goal is to go 21 days in a row without complaining. You switch the bracelet every time you catch yourself complain. So you go day one, 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 day two, day one. Because this is a process of unlearning a habit that we all have. The 
tool for that is these bracelets. So every time I speak, part of my agreement is that I bring complaint-free bracelets for everybody in the audience. And I encourage them to take the complaint-free challenge, at least while they're at whatever conference I am speaking at. And as you mentioned in my introduction, we have had 15 million people in 106 countries take this challenge. And when people read my book, uh, they will see the amazing life story transformations from people who simply just stopped bitching about life, to be honest with you, who decided not to complain and just started looking at what is going. The opposite of, the opposite of complaining is gratitude. And that's what audiences leave with when I speak. Complaining is always about what is wrong and what is missing. Gratitude is always about what is present and what is working. And effective leaders of all stripes have become effective leaders by focusing on what is going well and what is working rather than what is not working and what is going wrong. That is so true. That is so true. And it take, they say it takes 21 days <laughs> to stop a habit, <laughs> to change a habit. So that 21 days. And we encourage all of our people that are here today and that are going to be on listening on the rebroadcast. And next week it becomes a podcast. We encourage you to take the challenge. And we're going to show you how to do that. Just go to his website and it, it's really easy. It's really yeah, it's easy. It's acomplaintfreeworld.org. Go to acomplaintfreeworld.org to take the challenge. My personal speaking website is willbowen.com. Right. All right. We, we will have that and make sure that's out there. And of course, our director, Lisa, is doing a great job. I love working with her because she's keeping everything uh, for us here because it will be permanently then available to everyone. So that's, that's great. That's great. Now, well, looking back, what is it that makes you smile about where you are today? Meeting, spending time with, interviewing Maya Angelou and her providing an interview for a movie I did and allowing me to use that as the forward for my book. I am just blown away and humbled because that's not something she does. There's no other, from what I understand, she never did that for any other author. And that's why it reminds me that I didn't create this complaint-free movement. It created me. As I said before, I wanted to be a speaker and an author, but I had no idea what my topic was. I was given an amazing topic that has really transformed the lives of so many people. And I'm very grateful for that. That's amazing. Because Maya Angelo, of course, in North Carolina, one of our icons, and I was very thankful that when I saw, you know, that how she had done so many things for you and, you know, this was amazing. It, it is. And thank you for sharing that because, hey, we all love Io. We all do. We all do. Now, in closing, Will, 30 minutes, I told you to go by really quick. What are you going to do today to be remarkable? <laughs> 
I'm packing uh, to go to Miami to spend three days to record the new version of my audiobook. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going to practice my book, read through it. Um, Random House has been kind enough to hire me to narrate my own book. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Oh, that's a, that's remarkable. And I know you'll be great at it. I know, I know that you will. You'll be remarkable at it. And now to our audience out there, our challenge to you today is what are you going to do today to be remarkable? Have you learned something today from Will that could be impactful to do that today? We hope so. We'd love for you to take a minute and share with us uh, in the chat or send us a comment because we would love to know that we also can make a difference in your life. As our guests here have made a difference in our lives already and many audiences around the world. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for joining us, Will. This was wonderful and showing us how we can take that challenge and we will make sure that we put that out there so that we can all take the challenge and we can change and make a difference in our world. And to, our, great. and to our audience today, please contact us at our new website to book Will Bowen for truly an experience of a lifetime learning what is complaining and how we can decrease it, stop it, and learn to collaborate more too. Now, contact us right away because he books quickly. <laughs> so we want to make sure that your audience can, can um, have that advantage of all that he brings. And to everyone else out there, we hope that you will come back next Friday, January 17th, where our guest will be the international inspirational Latina keynote speaker, CEO and business expert, best-selling author of Mindful Success, Maggie Cook. Maggie Cook shares her story of going from an orphanage to a millionaire from the ground up. And she shares that with corporate audiences and teaches them all the research that she has developed and the strategies of how to make that happen. She's spoken to many 100 and 500 fortune companies to show their leaders how to leverage their personal strengths to discover opportunities for growth. You won't want to miss Maggie Cook. And we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you won't miss an episode of our show and you can go back and see all the previous episodes just in case you might have forgotten something that Will said today. It's going to be there right for you. And uh, also, it's the videos of all the talent that we will represent here at Remarkable. So you can see them in front of audiences and make your choices about who you need as your next speaker or performer. And I just want to say, at Remarkable, we are honored for the opportunity to partner with you and create a remarkable experience of a lifetime for your clients and audiences. That's what we love doing. And we hope that you have a remarkable weekend coming up. Going to be kind of some weather challenges all over, but hey, 
we always know how to uh, plan for those. And I love being able to plan ahead so that we can take care of any weather that comes ahead. And we hope you will be here next and we will see you next Friday. Again, thanks, Will, for coming. We My appreciate pleasure. it so much. Have a good one. Be remarkable. <laughs>